Thanksgiving and the Eternal Weekend Prague EU recap. Next on Eternal Journals. Hey, I just want to give a quick shout out to all of our Patreon supporters out there. Thank you to the Dirtle Maniacs. If you want to be a Dirtle Maniac, go to patreon.com slash eternal dirtles and help support the channel. It keeps things going. It keeps things updated. Thanks so much for watching. On with the show. Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always, Phil Blackman. Phil, how's it going, man? Zach, when you think of Thanksgiving, are you just like, man... Why am I on the show with this clown? <laughs> Actually, no, Phil. Uh, in fact, I wanted to do a list of uh, you know people we need to thank. Of course, we're going to have uh, a, a ton of people to thank this year. But I wanted to thank you. Thank you for hanging out with me this year. Thank uh, you, Zach. Thank you it's... for hanging. Thank you for hanging out with me. Hanging out with you. <laughs> no, seriously though. Uh, you know, it's been it's been it's been a year. Uh, you know, uh, it, it hasn't been an easy year, and it's been great having somebody there. You know. Uh, to soundboard off of and stuff and to, you know, to listen to my gripes about trying to get a job and all that stuff. And it's, it's just been good to have you uh, on board with me the whole time. And you got a job, which is great success. And, you know, we hit our milestone that we had set out to at the beginning of the year yeah. in terms of the channel. <clears throat> so like, you know, we're not the we biggest legacy channel. We're not going to ever be the biggest legacy channel, but we set a milestone. We nailed that milestone and then some. We still got a month to go before the end of the year. We're 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 cruising. We're yeah. jamming. Yeah, I guess the next thanks is thanks to all the new subscribers. Everybody that subscribed over the over the last year. That is uh, like over eight hundred subscribers. You know that subscribed in the last like year. So I think we started off in the like low three hundreds this year. So almost over a thousand uh, uh, subscribers. So I also, uh, I also want to thank all the 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 commenters who like dunked on us because <laughs> nothing. Nothing brings me more joy than people dunking on me because I love to dunk on me. And it, I don't know about you. I don't know if you feel the same way, but I get such joy out of people taking time to like be like, eh, I don't know about these guys. They're kind of Man, And I'm like, I love I, these guys. I think still my all time favorite comment is somebody just being like, I didn't know that Zach was that old. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have the voice of a child, apparently. Dude, I love the ones where it's like, I thought. Zach was like some weird old dude, and I thought Phil was like bald and super fat, and like this is not what I was expecting at all. And I'm like, oh, I love those comments; they're so good. Finished legacy podcast somehow. I just love it, love it so much. We need um, more of that. We need, yeah. we need more just like yeah. just cold, hard, honest, earnest truths from the commenters. Yeah, if you want to dunk on us, now's the time. Comment below. <laughs> yeah, now's now's the moment. Like, let us know for real because I love it. That's my uh, we, favorite thing to do when I, whenever I'm on gameplay videos. Like, if anybody's ever uh, like, how could I, like, Phil's such an idiot. Why would he ever do this? I'm like, I yeah. know. I hate yeah. that guy what so much. What a jerk. <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, beyond thanking uh, the people watching, the people that have started watching, uh, we should thank uh, Harry and John of Moxfield, our sponsor. Uh, you know, we've, we've, uh, we've sung the praises of Moxfield a million times, but, um, those guys, again, like I said, it was a really hard year for me. And uh, those dudes really stepped up and uh, really helped me out uh, with finances, uh, you know, making sure that I could go to these big events and stuff like that. And, you know, they're like, they're going to uh, make sure that I'm going to Chicago still. So, like, that's really cool, too. But, you know, uh, if you don't know, Moxfield is the greatest deck building website on the Internet. Uh, if you're not using it, you should be. Uh, redacted website is just way worse. And you should always be using Moxfield. 
Moxfield has all those all the functionalities and more that you could need from a deck building website. Yeah, it's, it would be weird for anybody to, to use redacted website. Uh, Zach, of all of your deck lists that are out there, what is your most viewed Moxfield deck list? Oh man, I have to check, but I think I think it's like an EDH deck list. Do you know off the top of your head <laughs> which one yours is? Yeah, just like, are you asking me this because you know pretty, the answer? I, I'm pretty sure yours is the Grand Calcutron EDH deck. Oh, yeah, is it? Let's find I mean, I out. I hope let's, so. I hope it's the Grand Calcutron let's EDH Let's find deck. out right now. I wish uh, I wish I had a quick, uh, you know, uh, I think, if if I could guess, um, so, yeah, I guess it looks like it, it's actually an old school deck. It's old school Sly, or it could be a pre-modern deck as well. I have a lot of pre-modern decks, so uh, there's a good chance that it's a pre-modern deck. Those got a lot of traction when I first uh, started using the site, mm-hmm. and that was like right as pre-modern became a thing. So yeah, uh, that that's a great question. I don't actually know what the my most viewed one is. Yeah, shout and- out to pre-modern and the banning of land tax crushing my dreams. Shout out to that. <laughs> they want to thank the shout out to the to the ban hammer on that one. Yeah, yep. no, pre-modern's great. If you haven't tried pre-modern, nah, that's a New Year's resolution you should get into. Pre-modern's a yeah, format. You know, Phil, it looks like some of our budget deck lists, actually, from our budget episode that we generally do at the beginning of the year, and we will be doing a new budget deck list episode uh, at the beginning of next year. Uh, some of our budget uh, deck lists are in the, like, six 700 area, so that's that's my biggest one. I know your uh, biggest deck list is, is obviously your ever-changing uh, updated uh, Miracles deck list. And what is that at now? Is like 7,000 or something? Is that because it's my only deck list on Moxfield? Because <laughs> I, I spend none of my mental power on anything else? I, I am at just over 11,400 views on my Miracles deck list. That's pretty amazing. Good for, pretty good for an archetype that isn't competitively viable, huh? Yeah, no, people love to just see what you're up to with, with that deck. People just want to uh, see what's losing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, whenever you do good, people want to know, and whenever you do bad, people want to tell you what you're doing wrong. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's great. Yeah, that's a, that's an episode title right there. <laughs> we're we're high when he's up. We're we're low when he's down. Yeah, I, I get um, that everybody's forgotten about it, but I do want to give uh, a, a you know a, a shout out and a, a a yearly Thanksgiving thanks to Jace the Mind Sculptor. Uh, we wouldn't yeah. be here without him. So. You know, uh, with with that said, uh, someone I didn't have on the list, but I mean, it just popped into my brain just now. Chris Benucci, uh, honestly, uh, we owe a lot to him as far as uh, viewership and, and whatnot. And he's he's out there doing doing the like fighting the good fight for legacy. And uh, he's he's a guy that we haven't had on the cast yet that we really should get on the cast soon. The, the, com- but that the dude, community that as dude, a whole, yeah, the community as a whole should be. Thank you, Benuch, for 90s MTG, because uh, what a mainstay that channel has become <clears throat> yeah. uh, for, for tabletop legacy, right? Every, most, most legacy channels that you know, have a, a, a consistent and constant presence are moto gameplay, because that's just yeah. the, the easier thing to translate over screen. But he has found the way to make tabletop work and accessible, and like, you, know, you can't sing his praises enough. Yeah, and it's fun to watch. You know? It's fun to watch. Um, so from there, I guess we should shout out our community, uh, specifically, we'll start with our Patreon, uh, followers, the dirt, the dirtle maniacs. Uh, thanks for, thanks for supporting the show. Uh, you guys keep the lights on, uh, you know, you keep, you keep us, uh, being able to update the channel. I'm sure you've seen over the last year, we've gotten much better at creating video content. Uh, 
you know, we've we've learned a lot over the last year, and a lot of that is thanks to the uh, financial support that you guys give. Uh, if you happen to be in a position where you think that that is something you want to support, uh, we would love the support. You can go to patreon.com slash eternaldurtles for that. Um, and then we also just want to thank our community as a whole. You know, we've got a really vibrant Discord community that, uh, you know, is super supportive, really fun to hang out with, and uh, just overall, like, just great folks. Zach, what was our first ever video? Like, what date was our first? <clears throat> our first where video. Where we moved get a, get a from. Quiz me. <laughs> where we moved solely from audio into video. Because that is the trajectory of what our, uh, our subscribers have done to help, or our supporters have gotten us over to. Because we haven't been really doing video for all that long. No, like a little, a little over, a little over a year. I want to say, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe uh, March, March of like two years ago is like probably when our first one came, and I'm, given I'm that, looking that up right now. Given that we're the longest, like of all the legacy podcasts that remain, we're now the most tenured one, but we've only done video for over a year. That's pretty good motion for you know to to like actually display where the support has gone. You know, yeah. like. Those those moves were, were not small moves. They were pretty big moves. Our now we both, first now we both video crisp episode on our cameras. You know, it's pretty yeah. good. Uh, our first video episode uh, was uh, Eternal Dirtles episode one ninety six. We don't even number our episodes anymore. It was called Portable Hole and Muppet Nate. I think this is the so specifically. You know, that was a D and D set. Uh, Portable Hole was a was a card that came out. But uh, I think we were talking about how we should. Uh, only bring Nate on as as like a you know as like a marionette like a Muppet uh, to uh, to you know whenever he comes on the show as as an extra or I think Nate had just stopped stopped uh, being a regular on the podcast like a, a host and we were saying we should just get like a Muppet version of him to chime in and like rant occasionally you know that's that's great and uh, <laughs> speaking of where uh, future Patreon funds are going to go uh, you can help fund the Nate puppet that we're yeah. going to get. So that'll you know, be great. We'll get our we'll get a third host back. It'll be a a, a Nate puppet. Uh, obviously, we should thank Nate. You know, uh, Nate is yeah, Nate the OG. Is, yeah. Nate is here in the background. Uh, you don't see him, but uh, Nate, Phil, and I are constantly texting back and forth about uh, you know show ideas and what's going on each week. And and you know, even though you don't see Nate, Nate is Nate is here in spirit uh, at all times. Yeah, well, what was the re most recent card that I was like, "Yo, tell me that this is bad." Was it like in too deep or something? I don't know, some yeah, some random like that, yeah. some random commander card, and I was like, "Is this the solution to, to, to Fairy Time Raveler? Is this it?" And then, you know, the one thing that is great is that you guys. I mean, even if you know that something is bad and it's not good, <laughs> you you first go down the earnest lane with me of like, "Well, let's let's explore yeah. this so obviously incorrect thing first. <laughs> Let's so what happens if this, this happens? Yeah, let's let's take a good hard look if this is if this trash is maybe the treasure, and then it never yeah. is. But what a delight those combo those combos are! So yeah, shout out to the OG, yeah. uh, Nicolia. Uh, I've got a couple other uh, personal things. One, I have to thank uh, Strass Daddy uh, Mark Strassman for uh, for really helping me out with uh, the job stuff. Uh, dude, Mark sat down for basically two days with me. Uh, took off of work and just sat down for two days and like ran my resume, 
through the ringer, uh, helped me out with recruiters. And like, honestly, that was the difference. That's what got me, you know, got me to the point where I could get this job. So, uh, you know, with, without that, I would be in some dire straits right now because I ran out of savings and, you know, like I had, I would have had to start digging into some, some, uh, more emergency funds, uh, at the beginning of this month. And then luckily uh, I got to a point where, and now I'm at a point where that's not, you know, that's not an issue, but um, the dude just like came at, you know, popped up and was like, look, let's solve this problem for you. Like, I know that it can be done. Uh, you know, he had a lot of positive things to say about me, which was great. Cause you know, especially when you're in that state, you know uh, you don't have a lot of positive things to say about yourself when you're in your, you know, going on six months and like, you haven't gotten a, single like uh interview you know I, I the the landscape of finding a job right now is is truly terrible um but like you know i i was definitely in in a position where i needed help from somebody and uh he came along and really just uh you know made me realize one i could get a job and two i had you know he helped me focus on the skills that i have to to get that job which was really great and uh, i really i honestly can't thank him enough for that Dude, Guided Passage is not playable in Legacy, but it sure is playable in real life. Yeah, for sure. For Thanks, sure. Stress Daddy. Yeah, man. Uh, I want to thank my uh, nerd email group. Uh, that's a that's a list of guys who don't necessarily play Magic, but are interested in all nerd th- all things nerd. Uh, again, they they very much like uh, Stress Daddy uh, hooked me up with. They uh, helped me out with my resume, and they just spent you know everyone spent a little bit, bit of time with me just sharpening sharpening the rough edges out of out of my job search and it, it you know it, obviously it paid off it, it made a huge difference so uh you know when i started getting those interviews i came out you know i, I started realizing that i i could do this uh and get you know get a get a real big boy job and it uh you know it it's it's hard to articulate how important uh, how important how uh thankful i am for that stuff because it's just you know, uh, short of breaking down and crying, uh, there's not a lot I can I can do. So I, I want to thank thank all the guys in the nerd email group a lot for Dude, that. I mean, the it is pretty good to take some time to remember <clears throat> how good the legacy community is to each other at the at a baseline at the yeah. end of the day. You know, no matter how much we argue about you know what should be banned and what shouldn't, and you know what you know trash we all hate and and whatever like. The, everybody at the end of the day is there for each other and that's that's a nice reliable thing to remember i know that like you just got this gig that you were working hard for and you got some help from the community uh, several of the jobs that i've gotten uh in my actual professional career have been from connections through magic like M- magic has gotten me in the door for like more opportunities than my actual unity university diploma ever has yeah you know just like actual factual like i've gotten more gigs from just like having played legacy and and play this game than i have from you know going to getting a, a, a bfa you know like you even worked is, with me did, for for like a hot minute as a get yeah, by the, you know there was there was yeah there was an interim <laughs> period where i was like yo i'm like looking for work i got nothing i need something and you were like come work at the game shop with me like yeah I, we we got we got we got some 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 openings in the interim and i was like great and did that for a little bit and then like i got i landed the job that where i've, I've been at ever since so yeah. like you know but yeah it's like everybody's looking out for each other and you know strass getting the getting this this nod here like for for being the the you know personification of like what's good in the community you know yeah it's awesome uh, um, you, you want to know <clears> the, the thing that i i i want to tout which is you know even though we are 
giving thanks and and being appreciative in the the opening portion of this episode. One thing that uh, I learned recently, and so I'm a non-practicing Jew, right? Um, I'm, if somebody were to ask, Phil, are you Jewish? Yes, I'm Jewish, but I'm the least religious guy ever. I have no, just that's like, I have no interest in, in religion at all, but I still say that I'm Jewish. And I learned recently at a Jewish burial that there's something like, have you ever heard of what a mitzvah is? Yes, a mitzvah is like a, mitzvah, a yeah. great favor that you do to somebody, but expect not in return. Am I, am I close to that? Expect nothing in return, right. Yeah. Expect nothing in return. And I learned something recently, and it, 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 you've reminded me of it. At, I was at a burial, and at a Jewish burial, what is part of the ritual is that you will, uh, the family will actually bury the casket until the dirt covers the, the casket's visibility. So you don't, you don't have to like fill the whole grave but you dig enough just to cover the whole casket. And it's called the final mitzvah. And it's the only mitzvah that you can guarantee 100% that you will not be thanked for it because the person isn't there to thank you for it. Right. Makes sense. And, and, but, the, the, but like, for, I learned that recently. And even, even though I've been, you know, uh, I've been Jewish my whole life. Right. But I've, I've never been religious. So I didn't learn like that sort of side of things, but that has like resonated with me, like very deeply in ways where I'm like, I, I, I like hope that I'm doing things to help others where I'm not expecting anything in return and to like hear all the stories, you know, of, of something like stress where it's just like, yeah, taking time off, going to help you out, expecting z absolute zero in return. You know, and it's like if, if nothing fills you with, you know, just the, the pure joy that like we have a community that looks out for each other at all times, even, you know, it's like a lot of the people that we've had on the cast that have, you know, helped out the, the podcast or done a video with us, like they didn't, they, they just came on and did it. That was just the time that they came to do it and all the help that they've given us and, you know, whatever. That's like, they just do it. That's on their own, you know? Yeah. And uh, I, 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 I just want to shout out to that part of it where it's like everybody helps each other out with no expectation of anything in return. And I'm, I'm, I hope that we get to do the same uh, for, for other content creators or for our friends in the community as well. But that's like, uh, you know, I think that's the, the title of this episode is, you know, the legacy mitzvah. The legacy mitzvah. Yeah, I like that. You know where I found out about mitzvahs, Phil? Where'd you find out? Uh, the movie Rounders. Yeah, that's a good movie. There's there's that's a, a scene movie, in that bro. movie where uh, I think his uh, Matt Damon's professor gives him like the money to like <laughs> compete in the okay. in the like final uh, tournament against yeah. uh, uh, what's it called uh, John Malkovich. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I consider this a mitzvah. And I was just like, what? So I had to find out. But uh, yeah, so uh, a couple other like, uh, you know, we had a, we might as well show the list right now. We've had, a, we have had so many, so many people this year come onto the cast. I think last year we might've done 40 episodes, right? This year, I want to say we've done close to 200 episodes, like uh, uh, maybe not even episodes, but like at least videos. And then, you know, I'm not even counting the shorts, which I think I did like 200 in like three months or something like that. But, uh, you know, full videos. Um, we've had so many, so many guests on. And, uh, you know, I could sit here and rattle off every single person's name. But uh, honestly, like just here's a list of everybody and just the the time and the generosity that everyone's shown uh the generosity of their time i should say that everyone's shown to us uh you know helping us out with the show 
offering us some uh, feedback as far as how they do things. And, and you know, w- one of those things, again, with the, the concept of the legacy mitzvah, right, is like everyone sort of believes that, uh, you know, a high tide lifts all boats. And I think that that's a, that, that's a great way to look at how this community has taken care of us, you know. Uh, you know, we're out here trying to, trying to lift the tide, but everybody else is out there too, doing the same thing. And it's just, it, it's a real feel good. Yeah. And for everybody that was, is, that has come on uh, the show, most of the time, the stuff that people have come on to do is mostly evergreen. So if there's anything of like that, most people came on and talked about their expertise. So they talked about how they learned to like to play the format or how they learned to innovate in the format and things like that. And most of the episodes that people have come on to do with us are, you know, sort of live in a time capsule. Like you could listen to them at any point and they would remain relevant. So yeah. if there's anybody on our list of, of guests that we've had in the past year that you're like, oh, I love this person. I missed that episode. Like, feel free to jump back and check it out because it, it would, it's usually, or I mean, barring like a couple of new things, like maybe it was like during a set review time or like anything, something like that. But beyond that, everything is like pretty fresh in terms of like, what the content that we talk about with them is uh you know most of it is like deck techs and like specialties and then like some of it is uh like uh tournament reviews of like you know success in tournaments but like within that they talk about how they're successful in tournaments which is very evergreen yeah uh, particularly with our own ew coming up in north america so you know if there's anybody on here that you didn't get a chance to see their episode it's very easy to just hop back and check them out and it'll still be relevant yeah for sure uh, and I make sure to make make sure that it's very searchable, so you can definitely find it if you type their name in. You'll you'll find it for sure. Um, then uh, a couple a couple special mentions. Um, one, I want to I want to give a, a a big shout out to somebody that really helped me out this year. Um, Joe Cherries, uh, uh, formerly of Nitpicking Nerds, uh, then of the uh, the Joe Cherries channel, the Cherries channel, um, really helped me out this year uh, with a lot of uh, a, a ton of advice. Um, they gave us a, uh, a donation basically, uh, to get us out to Vegas that paid for our hotel in Vegas, which was huge. I would not have been able to go to Vegas if, uh, that wasn't the case, which was a giant opportunity for us. And I'd like to say that we did not squander that opportunity. You know, we, Phil and I really made the most of that opportunity. When we made the most of it, like, if the most of it comes back around, we'll have, we'll have some pretty sweet news on the back end. Yeah. Of, yeah. Of that's what, still, of, still in the works, what, but yeah. Of what the result of that was. So yeah, we, we definitely uh, leverage that to the best of our ability. Yeah. To that end, I also want to thank uh, Diane D'Amico, uh, the, uh, the community manager uh, at wizards, uh, the, the, the content creator uh, manager at wizards of the coast who, um, just has been nothing but awesome to us, especially, you know, we're so little as far as uh, other content creators go, you know, I'm sure you're well aware if you're watching this channel that uh, EDH and standard and modern, all those other, uh, all those other formats get so much love uh, just from the their communities as a whole. There's a lot larger of a community and oftentimes the eternal formats get sort of left in the dust. And I want to say Diane, Diana uh, did, did not leave us in the dust. She really, uh, she was really out there looking out for us. And, uh, you know, a lot of that will come, come to light for us, uh, shortly in the future. Uh, but that she was awesome helping us out with a a lot of that stuff and, you know, just giving, just giving us the chance to get those opportunities. So I, I have to say, I really appreciate her help there. 
I second everything. She was really wonderful when we were in Vegas. Uh, she helped connect the dots for us after Vegas. Uh, just, you know, having met her at that event for the first time. I mean, you had communicated with a little bit beforehand, but it was as though, you know, we had known each other for decades. You know, yeah. like that's it was right from the jump. So, yeah, she was excellent the whole way through. Yeah. And we appreciate uh, it. We appreciate all of it. And then a final a final salute. Uh, I want to thank uh, Shelly from the D&D team, who uh, also was there during uh, my employment time. Uh, where I was trying to look for work. Uh, she did a great job of just helping me look at my resume and determine, you know, what are, what opportunities exist for me at Wizards of the Coast. Uh, I did not end up with at a job at Wizards of the Coast, but uh, she she gave me a really good idea of what my skill set was and how to leverage that. Uh, and that, you know, eventually, obviously, I'm, now that I'm getting getting work again, uh, you know, it's it's just good to know that I have that as as a back. And she she's been a great resource. And she came to me from the the Nerd Crew email. I want to specifically thank Joe Moscone for that. Uh, really, just you know, like I said, it's been a it's been a year, and uh, I I do have a lot of people to thank because so much has sort of worked out for me. So I wanted to make sure that we get you know get that going off in the right direction. I know Phil, you probably have some people that you want to thank as well. Yeah, I am pretty much thankful for the like. I, I want to thank the people who who like listen to the podcast. Uh, like consistently because I feel like there was a good portion of the year where I was really down on the format. Like I was, I was like, I, I was down on the format enough to where I was like, I I'm ready to take a break. Um, and the people who listen consistently that engage with me consistently that like, you know, you help keep my head on straight, you know? And I get that that's, it, it's, it's community as a whole again, but like that, it, it does matter. Like, even though you, you are only a listener in your own mind, potentially like the, the feedback and being part of it, it, it matters a lot because I think that we all aspire to want, like we, we talked a lot about when we were trying to work on what would a tournament series that we did look like when we were just batting ideas around. Yeah. And a lot of what we were talking about revolved around, like we need an event, even if the, the EV isn't high, the EV really, at the end of the day, is just the respect of your peers within the community, you know? So like, yeah. even if the payout for a, ba a major event isn't huge, getting the, knowing that like the community cares about this event and therefore if you win that event, they care that you won it. And like, that is something that has resonated, you know? I mean, we're about to talk about EU, right? Or EU, EW. And EW, it's like, okay, yeah, whatever you can flip the painting for right that's the ev of the thing yeah but like that that's not a lot you know i mean i get that it's bigger than most legacy tournaments but like you know it's whatever somebody's willing to buy the oversized card at you know but like the oversized card also has like you know and also do you want to sell you... your trophy you know yeah 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 <laughs> like it's like it, there's only so much that, like you get the card for for top eighting but then it's like okay how much is the card worth do you want to flip the card like it, that's pretty much it right like that's that's what that is like the ev isn't crazy you know yeah uh, if, or like what you would expect. It's not like a big, uh, I guess it's not what you would expect, but I think that like, but, but because everybody cares about it, everybody's like working towards it. And we, you know, it, but like that as a whole, I think I, it, I've recognized is that like when, even though I feel like our listener base is small by comparison to all of like the other formats that you mentioned and everything, but it's the fact that people care and I care because people care. Yeah. It's, the, it's also like the one care. time a year all of magic cares, you know, like everybody cares during, yeah, yeah, during just, eternal uh, weekend. 
I, I, I'm, I'm just saying like in like zooming out, like when I, it, when I was like, I'm, I'm really getting tired of this game. I think I need to take a break. I was really dial. I was like, I was like very narrow in my mindset of like what was upsetting me, why I didn't like to play anymore, like why I wasn't getting any, any enjoyment out of it. And, you know, but the fact that like, I was like, okay, well, we're going to record this podcast. You know, people are, you know, they're expecting an episode. Like we've, we've, we've committed to doing these episodes and I was, you know, that like pulled me to zoom back out to be like, oh, wait a minute. No, like it, I don't want to say that it was like therapeutic, but it was, it was helpful. And in ways where I hope that like, even though we may not have a relationship directly with everybody that listens to the podcast, like, I hope that there, the, the sense that there's some amount of reliability in hearing our voices talk about how Entreat the Angels is still the best card in the game, uh, you know, helps people in the way that they, they helped, they helped, clearly they helped you in, in your, your like major life transitions here this year. And then it's the same with me, you know, uh, like maybe not as like clear cut and dry as like, I didn't have a job and now I have a job, but very much so in terms of like, yeah, I just needed to like get out of my own head and everybody helped with that. And whether, like, I didn't even ask for it. Right. Yeah. Like people didn't even know that they were doing it. <laughs> right. But like, I think there's a, I, I don't think I'm unique in that regard. Yeah. You know, I think that like having a sense of like knowing that like you can go and play your legacy locals or whatever. And it's like a safe place for you to go and like hang out with people with have a shared interest who have your, your best interest in, at heart and and have your back like uh, i think that's that's um I'll, I'll tell another story there was a recent uh conversation that i had with a group of uh legacy players and one was talking about how there was this this negative interaction that they had at, over over the table and one player got really upset at the other player and there was like you know heated words back and forth and the person was like do we is this person like always like this like they, they were they're coming at me really hot like for no reason. And I, I felt like really turned off by that. Like what was going on there? Like, does anybody know? Cause like, I don't, I didn't have a relationship. With it. And my first instinct from, you know, having been in the community, I was like, I think that whatever they were, whatever charged them to like get upset, if anything, the fact that they were comfortable enough to get upset in the environment that uh, of like the local legacy scene, knowing that like when they come back around and cool off that like, they won't be, you know, like written off as like that person right like they got their head back onto them they came back around they made amends and then it's just like yeah everybody goes through it sometimes but like that's that's what everybody's here for right like yeah yes it's a card game but like even beyond that it's like even when you got some tough times like yeah we get it man like sometimes people go through rough patches and they need they need they still have like the place that they they need to go to like know that they have a place yeah. you know because not everybody has a place and that's important yeah. And it's 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 maybe not discussed often because why would it be? But like that matters, you know, and it's like it's it's unspoken, but it matters. And it's in those spots where it's like, you know, that that was an indicative of an example of like, you know, we happen to do it because we have a platform here. But it uh, it's it extends beyond that, too, to the community at large. And I like I, so I'm thankful for the the community consistently showing up like that. Yeah, for everyone, whether they're a name or not in the legacy scene. Right on. Uh, I think I think also, uh, you know, we should probably both uh, give a huge shout out to our uh, our wives and sweethearts here uh, <laughs> who, uh, you know, put up with us taking taking literal hours out of the week to uh, do to do this podcast when I, you know, we, I, we I, I get the, uh, all the time, whenever the headphones go on, it's always like, okay, you're going to talk way too loud for the next two hours. Aren't you? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. I am. 
pretty much what That's happens it. here too. Yeah. Spot on. Nailed it. But yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I think, uh, t- to that end, I think, you know, it's, it's great that, uh, our, our, uh, significant others are also, are also down to hang out with each other too. <laughs> yeah. That works. I'm looking helpful, for- right? I'm looking forward to that, to that again. That was a good time. Yeah, dude, mighty bread all day. Mighty bread. I'm, I'm thankful for mighty bread. Um, yeah. Thankful for good sandwiches. Heck yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, uh, you know, I'm sure I'm sure I'm missing a ton here. Of but, course, of course. Uh, we're never going to be able to like encapsulate all of that in in twenty minutes. But so let's transition from uh, from Thanksgiving, and now we're, we're right now it's Black Friday for for you and me. Uh, I have a lot of traditions. I want to go over a couple of them really fast for Black Friday. Um, ever since I, I can remember, as far back as I can remember, uh, you know, a child of divorce here. Um, my dad had made Black Friday a day where we hung out as a family because he had work, you know, like he's a you know, single dad. So he had to uh, make sure that, uh, you know, he got in any family time he could with me and my sister. And one of the things we do every year that I still do every year is we put up the tree on black Friday. We get, uh, personally for me, me and my wife, we go out, we pick a tree, a live one. And uh, we, we put up the tree. It's not decorated yet. You just put it up. You just go out and put it up for my dad. It was the pipe cleaner tree. We had to organize this crazy like pipe cleaner tree and get it all together. But that is a that is a tradition that I follow every year on Black Friday. I make sure that I do that. Um, do you have yeah. any 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 Black Friday traditions? Yeah, I debate whether or not I'm going to play two or three and treat the angels at the next major event. <laughs> every year, every year on this yeah. day. <laughs> yeah. At one, one point, I'll just go off the deep end and I'll register the full set. The full I, set. I, 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 I I I luckily haven't gotten there yet. I'm sure whatever that looks like, it's a way different list than anything I've created. So Did far. you ever play and treat the angels in standard when it was legal? I don't think I played standard uh, to be honest at the time, but I'm okay. sure that like I I was. I mean I. Maybe I did. I don't. I, I, don't I did. Think. I played like I had a blue white red control deck, and that was one of my finishers. But I played yeah, the I, full set, and you know what's worse than worse, Phil, is drawing three of those in your opener in a no brainstorm format. <laughs> yeah, you I mean you got to play and just play brainstorm. Absolutely then. terrible. Know, I don't want to tell you. That sounds like it's a. It sounds like it's on you. It was pretty uh, bad. There was a lot of times, I, I, yeah, that was just like this you, is you, the worst possible scenario. You know what it is? I'll, I'll tell you the the new tradition will probably be. Uh, you know, as everybody is upset with how modern looks or, you know, the fact that like grief is everywhere and it's not fun and blah, 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 blah. And I, you know, I'm only, I'm tangentially in tune with whatever that is the goings on in modern that, uh, you know, Jace the Mind Sculptor needs a new home. So maybe, maybe the, the new ritual or the new uh, tradition is going to be, you know, trying to find the way to play for JD, Jason modern as a way to play and treat. <laughs> there Halimar, you go. Halimar Depps, Halimar Depps is, is, needs, needs some love. Yeah. So. <laughs> My other uh, my other big tradition is to uh, watch the Mystery Science Year 3000 uh, telethon that they do every year. They do uh, just 24 hours. It's actually like going on until Monday, I think, right now, because they're trying to fund a new season of MST3K. That's Mystery Science Theater 3000 for the uninitiated. Um, but uh, one, uh, one episode that I watch every year uh, over the weekend is – it's called Santa Claus, and it's just a um, – uh, it's a Mexican film production of uh, what the people in that studio thought that every child from around the world uh, thought Christmas, like celebrate how they celebrated Christmas. Mm. And it is comedy gold. It's it's honestly one of the best MST3Ks. If you get a chance, you can, I think you can just go onto YouTube and find it. 
Um, probably. And I'm sure it's probably like on Netflix or something like that too. Uh, or you can go to the MST3K thing and, you know, uh, pitch into, you know, have them do another season. I think they give you the full, full back catalog. I have it. I have the full back catalog through the uh, MST3K app. Uh, so, but anyhow, I think it's like season four, episode 15 or something. Uh, Santa Claus. If, if, if you want to really get in the mood this year, uh, that is a, that's a great way to, to get into the, uh, the seasonal mood. And uh, I guess with that, we should talk about uh, Eternal Weekend EU Prague, huh? Did you have the top eight locked? Did you, did you call <laughs> did I have Rug Delver and then Rug Cascade as a thing? Uh, did you have... I mean, hey, you're you're the Canadian threshold guy. Like you're the you're the rug delver guy, and now you get to you get it back, man. If you're, I, you are, you I don't sure want it, you, dude. You weren't I, sure? I don't. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't like you, this. This version of of rug to me is just blue red delver with a, with a card that is that has that has a green pip that you probably never play. Dude, it sure does. It sure is exactly that, but it's got two portent in it. It's not all bad. It does have two portent. I saw that and I was like, "Wow, two portent." Um, yeah, it's it's an inch. Look, I would say it's an interesting looking deck, but it is it is blue red delver with uh with uh what's it called? Uh, it, they banned Questing expressive druid. iteration, but they threw Questing expressing druid. Dru- the, yeah they threw expressive druid into the, into the spot, you know. Uh, Seek yep. the Beast is is the card I'm, do- I'm thinking of, but th- th- yeah. that's just another version of expressive iteration, right? Like, so now Dude. the same problem that was that was happening before, where uh, Blue Red Delver has access to two mana to draw twos, uh, still exists, and uh, it's good. I don't know what not- else more there is to say about that. Not only is it. The only green colored pip is on the three questing druids, mm-hmm. but there's only one tropical island Just one. in the list. Just one. So if if at any point that trop gets wasted, you are casting zero questing druids that game, and you're probably fine with that. Honestly, you're probably fine with that. You know, you're, probably, you're just tr- you're just trying to seek the beast. Yeah, that's all. That's all. It's like if your opponent thinks that they got you. Like, there's not even any sideboard cards that are green. You know. Uh, they didn't even like you know they didn't even do the dirty thing and like throw in like oh let's put in a uh, a miser's explosive uh, engineered explosives to like you know capitalize off of all these three drops that are going around yeah. there. no n- nothing like that you got meltdowns you don't need ancient grudges yeah you got surgical extraction you don't need any of the green graveyard hate you know you got what else you need you got blood moons you don't need who, who cares you who cares for the, the Dude, green cards it's playing blood cards... moon is is like the rudest thing ever to me the fact that like i mean they're playing one island so you can fetch the island and you're like whatever i've got the one island i need and now i and now i'll just play with the, these mountains well once you yeah once you have the island the only thing that then can't be cast is murktide regent and i imagine in matchups where you want blood moon murktide regent's too slow anyway yeah yeah, I like mean, it, won't ma- maybe it, color, it also like... won't matter because if if you bring in Blood Moon, you're hosing somebody out of the game, right? Like, mm-hmm. okay, fine, I guess my Merktite region can't be played, but like, I'll just draw something else that can be later, you know? I mean, I I, I get everybody's calling it Rug Delver. It's called Canadian Druid on MTG Top Eight, <laughs> but you're right, it is it is uh, it's blue, red blue 
Blue red, red Delver a year ago, literally. Ex- expressiveless Delver, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. so that, that begs the question then, Zach. Hmm. Could Expressive come off the ban list? I think th- I think if anything, uh, throw the questing druid on the ban list, man. Like I'm oh, wow. sick of these draw twos. Wow, I'm sick You're of the these two minute person. draw twos. I am the only person. I don't You're think it's, I don't person. think we're at that point yet. I don't think like rug tougher winning one event is is a reason to be like, oh yeah, this card should be banned. But I think stop making two mana draw twos. You know, like if if it, we've proven that they're good, you know, like somebody needs to stop doing that. You know. Bro, I don't You're know. not fooling I, I mean, anyone by by tacking a uh, creature onto the other end of a two mana draw two. You know, like, dude, do you know? Do you know who in the world cast the most number of predicts in 2023? Was it you? It was me. Yeah. And I promise you, two mana draw twos are not quite uh, what you what you're making them out to be. Uh, Seek the beast here is a is a does that have anything to do with the deck three. you're playing, Phil? <laughs> So, so questing, questing druid is a, I would argue, a two mana draw three because not only do you draw the two cards, but you also draw a questing druid. It's true. You're so not wrong. maybe they should stop making two mana draw threes. Yeah, that's fair. Maybe that's maybe that's it. Yeah. Or give me predictor that draws three. So let's talk about the talking. other the other decks here. We've got Teamer Cascade, which I'm surprised uh, did as well as it did. Honestly, um, I just, I I, 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 every time I play against this deck, I'm just like, okay. So, like, did you just counter the crashing footfalls and move on with your life? Because two four fours is not that great. I have a hot take. You want to know why a deck like this does good? Because nobody respects it. Yeah, I mean, nobody. I have to assume. But, like, like you, go, you don't you have go to respect this. it much to have it lose to days, you know? <laughs> like, Right. Well, that also, <laughs> like, yes, this, this, this is the type of deck that, like, your, your win percentage on the play is, is probably exorbitantly higher than your win percentage on the draw. I mean... Every deck is going to be like that, but more so for this deck that's just trying to put 10 power on the play for three mana. Like, the sooner you get to three mana, the sooner the game ends. Yeah. Uh, but, like, yeah, I think that if you don't, if you if you went into an event like this and showed no respect to this deck, you also didn't know what they play, right? So, like, you may have walked into the Mystical Disputes being like, oh, shit, like, I was not thinking about Mystical Dispute at all. Whereas, like, if you go up against the 8-cast, if they play Metallic Rebuke, if you're thinking, oh, right now their position is representative of a metallic rebuke, maybe I should consider that before I take a line. Where it's like yeah. if you don't have any reps against crashing footfalls, like because why would you, you know, before this event, you know, before it was like it was, you know, okay, it's a ported modern deck, but I don't think anybody took it seriously as a top table contender. No. And so if nobody was really iterating on on it in any meaningful way, but like, you know, it's just eight spirit guide gets you, right? Like yeah. it's called crashing footballs, but really it's eight spirit guide gets you. Eight guide, yeah. Eight guide, yeah. That's a, like that's yeah. Eight guide. Let's call it eight guide. Uh, I mean, this one, the the one that came in the top eight was only playing seven guide. So I guess it really is taking after the eight cast mantra of playing uh, less than eight casts. Yeah. Um, then we have cradle control. Uh, cradle control is basically just a cradle uh, control fiend is artisan fiend artisan elves, yeah. right? Like. Yeah, it's Fiend Artisan Elves. Uh, it's Fiend, it's Fiend Artisan Midrange. Yeah. Like, the only elves in it are exactly Elvish Reclaimer and one Allosaur Shepherd. Those are the elves. That's it. And, like, oh, and a Queeran Ranger, because, you know, getting to untap Bro, your Elvis Spirit Guy's an elf. <laughs> Bro, have you considered... One thing that I haven't seen, that I did while I was watching Prague, while I was watching the, mm-hmm. the, the coverage, 
one thing that I did notice that we never talked about when with Legolas's quick reflexes. Now, before this episode came out, you know, I do doom scroll Twitter quite a bit, and I saw that there was some. Uh, hey, maybe quick reflexes isn't every isn't the you know piece de resistance everybody was talking about that it was beforehand. You know, it's like it does cost the mana. There is some positional setup to it. Like it's not just gravy all the time, even though it's obviously a good card. Mm-hmm. But one of when I was watching coverage, one of the sickest lines that I saw with Legolas's quick reflexes was in old school classic elves, like actual natural order glimpse of a uh, glimpse of nature elves, where. They were doing like their untapped shenanigans with Kruin Ranger and Wirewood Symbiote on a Legolas's quick reflexed creature to like gun down a board. Okay. Because it's every time the creature gets tapped, it deals the damage to an opposing creature. Yeah, it's right? just a completely just... separate like trigger that happens. It's not so an ability. If you get to... Yeah, so if you untap and tap, like, so the line that I saw was somebody Legolas's quick reflexed their, uh, their Dryad Arbor and then went on a spree of, like, untapping it with all of the other effects and then just tapping it for mana and, like, gunning down an opposing creature. And I was like, yo, that's hot. Yeah. That's hot. Well, that's like, I'm, uh, I, I, you know... I'm not, uh, I'm not not sleeping up Brainstorm, Zach, but yeah. that was hot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's like uh, doing it with uh, Night of the Reliquary. Like, you're just like, woo, woo, this is gross. <laughs> right, but, like, I don't think we really looked too deep into the, the what just do gun down and board. tap on facts yeah. look like to turn your one mana, you know, uncounterable spell into a plague wind. Yeah. No, you're not wrong. Which is which is pretty hot. I mean, yeah. particularly if you're like, all right, maybe this Orcus Bowmasters is the bane of my existence if I'm a glimpse of nature player. Actually, never mind. Legolas's quick reflexes, tap the shit for mana, gun your shit down, draw twelve. Like yeah. that's hot. That's really cool. Yep. You know, maybe there's maybe there's more to that than we realize. And all of the old, you know, glimpse of nature, uh, natural order elves players don't have to throw away their collections. Maybe they just need to push some dollars into some quick reflexes. Yeah, maybe. Um, maybe. The maybe, o- dude. Other decks are uh, scam. Man, I am over this deck. Uh, if if there is a if there is a uh, a call for and and it won't happen. But if there's a call for a ban anytime soon, I'm just over seeing people cast grief and then reanimating grief. It's not Bro, hey, fun. You get you, you can <laughs> you can get grief. It, uh, let, let me get to Fairy Time Raveler. Get that shit off. Get that shit on the ban list. Get it <laughs> I out just, of here. You know, look. I mean, would I play it? Sure, but like, I know that it's absolutely obnoxious. I don't like. I, I'm not a huge fan of Thoughtseize effects to begin with. Um, and at least Thoughtseize is a one-off, you know. Um, but Thoughtseize effects to begin with, I'm not in love with because it's, there's there's not a lot of skill there. You're basically getting like a card plus because you're seeing their whole hand worth of uh, worth of value. Uh, the two damage doesn't generally mean anything. In some decks, it's good that you're taking the damage. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, when you rip apart someone's entire hand, and there's no good and don't talk to me about Leyline of Sanctity. Get out of here. Um, but there's no good sideboard card. There's not like a, like, they need a Luxon Smiter that's like, if this card's in your hand and your opponent makes you discard a card, they have to choose this card. You know, like, something like that, that would just be like, yeah, well, you have to think twice about doing, about being this deck now, right? I mean, I mean, that that card does exist and it sucks, Zach. It's not, like, it, that card is called Veil of Summer and, <laughs> yeah, that card doesn't I'm, make the format better. I'm saying that, that, so Veil of Summer is is different. Veil of Summer, you have to have mana up, you know, 
you you have to decide when you want to play it. You know, look at Luxton Smiter and just imagine if Luxton Smiter said like, if if your thought seized, you have to your opponent has to choose this, even if even if it's a duress, right? Like this happens even if it's even if it can't normally be picked, right? Like, so so you want the hand trap? You want? Yeah, you want I want psychic purge mana. that's playable in Legacy. You know, and I don't think that you know Gorilla Tactics isn't good. Luxton Smiter isn't good. Psychic Purge, also not good. These Dude. are cards that were meant uh, classically to stop this from being a dominant strategy, and it's it's as little fun to me as land, land Destruction is. Hand Disruption is the antithesis of fun, as far as I'm concerned, in Magic. And if and if what Wizards cares about that stuff, which they seem to, you know, uh, they, they don't print a uh, wasteland that you can cast a spell and get back into play in wasteland a second time, you know, like, uh, th- then I, I feel like they should, they should, uh, like look at this card a little, a little more seriously. Zach, I, I'm not saying that, like, I know that you are, you are off of, you know, this whole, it's, you, they, they're calling it rug Delver, but really it's just, you know, old blue red Delver as, as we knew it before EI, but you know, what was really bad when EI was around thoughtsies. Maybe, maybe EI is the hero that you, you, you do want, even though, you know, here, here's like, as, as we, as I do that, like really sloppy segue, Grixis Delver is the, you know, uh, other brethren of scam, mm-hmm. right? Uh, now, if we were to look at, if you were to compare the Grixis Delver lists to the Canadian rug threshold lists uh, that we, uh, that won, right? So it's just Blue Red Delver splashing Questing Druid uh, off of a single trap. Or you look at the Grixis lists, which are, you know, a two to three underground C dot deck that's splashing for Orcish Bowmasters, and then, you know, a couple of spare black cards uh, here or there. The backbone of all those decks, right? All those decks are 90% the same cards. Dragon Rage Channeler, Delver, Days Wasteland, Cantrips, Force of Will, Lightning Bolt. Mm -hmm. Now, I get that they are technically different decks, but are they? Are yeah, they really? I mean, I don't think so. You still days wasteland. I, I'm I, I'm I'm pulling this up because I remember when we were talking about how. Uh, oh man, everybody's like the format is in a it is in a good place. It's in a good spot. But if if there wasn't this facade of oh, there's two different kinds of Delver decks that the split is literally Orcus Bowmasters or Questing Druid. And that's that's the difference yeah. between them. If if there was if there was anything like there's still a bunch of Mishra's bobbles like the the they're all on three Merktide regions like the backbone of all of these decks they're ninety five percent the same cards. It's literally Orcish Bowmasters and Questing Druid. If that if that delineation wasn't there, right? If there wasn't just because oh this one has Underground Sea and this one has a single trap, would people be calling again for something for Delver to be hit? I don't know. I'm 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 asking because. I think that it's interesting that because there's this facade of difference that suddenly nobody cares that, again, Delver crushed, right? Yeah. The same way that it crushed during Loris, the same way that it crushed during I mean, Ren6 I, and I think, DRC and Tejakus and fucking Expressive Duration. I think like, we it's the same. just determined that this is the price of this format. Like, Delver is going to exist and the play patterns are something that we've come to accept. Um, and and to, ar- to argue, like... You know, should should this deck be banned out of existence is is kind of a moot point. It's not worth. 
I, tackling, I get, we, you know, specifically we, we because... We should tackle it. We should tackle it. But I'm, 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 I am going to just throw up on the docket and then we're not going to tackle it. No, we're no, I'm not saying don't. We're I'm just send, saying like we're, that, that's we're send the it common downfield. thought, you know? Yeah, we're going to send it downfield, but we're not going to say necessarily that we should tackle it. But I'm also saying that maybe, maybe, just maybe, putting it out there, possibly, for 2024, maybe, we all need to take a, a good hard look at days again. Maybe we should just all take a little bit of a harder look at days once more uh, and not be self-abusers anymore. Yeah. Maybe that's maybe, I, maybe I, we should, maybe we I don't disagree with go you. to therapy. I, I don't disagree with you. And we'll have our, we'll have our unbanned ban episode uh, at the beginning of the year oh, wow, for sure. Wow. You know, we love that episode. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think com- coming off of that. So those are the decks that, right. Those, it was, it was Rugdelver, An Cascade, An... C- C- yeah, uh, Boros Stompy. There we go. And, and Boros Stompy. Grixis Boros Stompy Dooms- is and Doomsday as well. So those were the decks that uh, made the top eight. And I don't think that those decks, I think to a point, those decks are indicative of what you could see at a, a you know, a random F&M night, you know, what you might see at the North American EU. I, I wouldn't be surprised by any of these decks making it uh, I, to... I, to... Yeah, I would you uh, against the table versus you, you know? I would say that the, even though there's a couple of copies in the top 32, um, and then, you know, a handful of more copies in the top 64, I think the uh, deck that did the worst for its percentage uh, of representation was any of the Beanstalk control lists. Yeah, that's interesting, right? They they showed up in they showed up in good numbers, but two copies in the top thirty two with some some uh, various. There's always going to be variations in those builds because there's variety in like because there's eighty what, cards in them. <laughs> well, some some have eighty, some have sixty, but also yeah. like you know the the pick and choosing of like what cards you want to help certain matchups or not certain matchups. Like, do you play dress down in the main against Urza Saga or do, like what number do you at all? Like, you know, what is the payoffs that you play? Like, do you play two Uro to four Uro? Do you play a Minskin Boo? Do you play the Ring at all? Like, are you on Yorian? Are you not on Yorian? Like, even though, like, the shell of them is still, like, okay, we're, you know, a source of Plowshares Uro deck, there is, beyond that, like, the choices that you make are indicative of, like, what matchups you're going to be better suited against versus not. Because you are the, you are the reactive deck for the most part. Yeah. And a lot of them are just, like, fuck that altogether. We're just going to be... We're going to add black and also play bowmasters and just have a proactive slant instead. And now we're more we're like really mid rangey as opposed to being on the control end. And so there's a lot of variety there. But uh, that that deck for the percentage that it showed up did worse, uh, or, or or it did not put up the same numbers that would be, that it would be indicative of how much it was represented. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Like it didn't do as well, uh, even though it still has you know what six copies in the top sixty four. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's something to be mindful of. What, what that means to me is people are either like they they are well prepared and and have reps against how to beat yeah. those kinds of decks. Or Orgish Bowmasters is just good enough to, to bomb that deck out of existence. Or Orgish or Bowmasters <laughs> is good to bomb that deck out. Uh, or that um, that the the deck is just the the deck is still has enough variety in it that it can't consistently figure out everything. And in an event like this, where you take your second loss and you're out of top eight, yeah. that like that, what the, the format right now presents, like the pillars of the format are too wide, like that you can't beat Urza Saga and beat Days Wasteland and beat Dark Ritual and beat the Mirror all at the same time consistently enough to not take at least two blemishes on your record, if not more. 
that knocks you out of the top spots because putting six copies in the top 64 in a 700 plus tournament is still pretty good. You know, that's like, that's not, that's not a bad result. Like getting into the top 64, putting two copies in the top 32, like even though there's no copies in the top 16, like the difference between the top 16 is like maybe breakers, right? Like it's not like it's a bad performance. It's not as good as you would expect for its representation, but it's not a bad performance. But I think that for people who are like me that are probably going to bring Beanstalk to EW, that like whatever it is, like like really take into account like what the last tournament in Pittsburgh was uh, because it's in the same location. So you know that you're going to have local showing up. So like the, the there, there's likely going to be some inference of what the metagame will look like off of that. We can also see that in this uh, kind of tournament that I think um, lands and Stompy, uh, Stompy is probably representative equivalent of Mount Online. Like you probably see a lot of initiative and initiative does put up the numbers to show that it's like a top player and that you need to be able to respect it or have a plan for it. Yeah. But I don't know if uh, online, if lands is as represented as it is in paper, because if you have the deck lands in paper, the lands players that show up to these kinds of, of events playing lands are dedicated lands players. Yeah. You're not showing up like nobody is just like randomly picked up their mox diamonds out of nowhere and been like, yeah, I'll figure lands out. Like they've been playing for a long time. So if you go up against a lands player, they're likely to be proficient. And if they have it in paper, they've been playing it for a long time and will know what they're doing and they will have a plan. Phil, are you saying only a fool would just pick up mox diamonds on a whim? Yeah, who would do that? I mean, don't they know? Don't they know that cards that you would pair with that will get banned a day later? In formats, no one plays. Wouldn't they? Wouldn't anybody think of? Won't anybody think of the children? No one will think Uh, of the children. No one will think of the children. Also, uh, something else that I wanted to point out in in your space, uh, there was one eight cast player in the top thirty two, and that's it. Kind of, yeah, kind of low representation on on eight cast. I don't know how many eight cast uh, decks were in the seven hundred, but um, I I, I want to say it was a lower amount than you would think. And yep. uh, people know how to play against that deck now. So I think uh, I think I might be off it. I think uh, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking I, I'm, around I'm, at other I'm, decks right now. I'm curious if people, if, if it's people figure that out because in the top, there's no, one thing that's very interesting to me about the top eight here in Prague is there isn't a single Urza Saga in the top eight. No, not true. Uh, the no scam, Saga, the scam uh, deck has, has three. Where are you looking? Uh, Rakdos Scam, Three Years of Sagas, Martin P. Uh, I did, I did, I was going to mention that too, but uh, I did I'm notice Brock? that... Where is this? Uh, th- this is, uh, Eternal Weekend 2023, Rakdos Scam, Martin P. Uh, Three Years of Sagas. In, in, oh, is this in, but not in Painter? Not in Painter, this is Rakdos Scam. Okay, but it was I a point I wanted. I, I was going to yeah. make, and I and I realized that I I would have been incorrect, just like you were. Uh, but uh, to that point, three is a low number for a top eight. I think that that is indicative of because like Painter had some in the top sixteen, mm-hmm. but nothing nothing uh, didn't break through. Yeah. Uh, also, I want to double check you, Zach. Hmm. Are you looking at Legacy? I, I am. I'm looking at uh, Eternal Weekend, uh, nine and one, uh, main event. Maybe this wasn't in the top eight. Uh, I, I'm looking at Joe Dyer's article on uh, uh what's it oh. called. Uh, so I, I'm assuming that this is from the uh, 
from the top eight, but I, I might be wrong. But I'm yeah, Martin check. P at sixth place, uh, Rakdos Scam. Yeah, that that is the deck. Yeah, I'm just saying that, like, I wonder if people were overprepared for Urza Saga in the event as a whole. I think so. Because I, I, I'm still of the uh, opinion that Urza Saga is objectively and stupidly broken. I, I, I agree. Like, if, you, if you're really, really, really trying to target it, you definitely can. And I'm, I'm, that was one of the things that I was surprised by from the, after, like, seeing all the results from Prague is how few Urza Saga there were at the top tables. It's obviously it was still there, but not in the numbers that I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I mean, it's similar to the Beanstalk. I thought there was going to be more Beanstalks too, and there weren't. Yeah. Like the things that actually got to the top, like showed up and did well in the top eight were Days Wasteland and Dark Ritual. Well, I think those right? are important. Like, and, and Ancient Tomb in, in, in specifically initiative rather than, uh, rather than artifacts. That's an important revelation though. This is what we learn when we look at these events after, after the fact is like what you thought you know, what, what's uh, implied versus what's reality, what, what you think is actually going to be there versus what actually happens is, uh, you know, that's, that, that's one of the beauties of having this event first uh, so that we can use it to decide, you know, uh, how we want to build our decks for, uh, for Pittsburgh. What would you think is, like, what would you consider uh, any differences between Europe and America in terms of what are more common decks? Like, are, are I you, think you expect... I think about lands as being a much more European deck, um, and I couldn't I couldn't pinpoint why that is, but I feel like there's just more there are more Italian legends <laughs> packs out there, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, lands is a deck that I expect uh, when when I see a European big tournament that you I would expect to see in big numbers, not necessarily doing great, but definitely appearing in like the top thirty two, you know. In some in some number, has was the lack of beseech the mirror anything that surprised you here? Uh, no, I think people are still trying to figure that deck out, and Storm's just not been super great. So uh, I think it's a risky proposition to have to have your like everyone knows to counter that spell, and it's very bad against days. You know, <laughs> like oh okay, I'll just create four mana, and I guess I'll sacrifice this artifact that I have. You know, that could be a resource for me. And I'll cast this mm-hmm. four drop and, and you're just playing directly into a daze or a force of will. Like, and it's an, it's a known must counter spell. Like, it's not like, oh, I'll just let them go get, you know, whatever it is. And then I'll counter that. Or like, I have an answer for that. Like, you know, your opponent's going to try and end the game with, with Beseech the Mirror. They've, they've probably been telegraphing and setting it up, you know? So it's not tough to prepare for it and then be ready for it, you know? Are you surprised that from when Beseech came out and in literally the first event after it came out, it won with Mono Black Helm and Mono Black Helm is nowhere. I'm not nowhere. surprised. I'm not surprised, man. Those two card money decks for, for Legacy are, in my opinion, more of a meme and they do good in the in the early weeks. They're, they're a lot like me at, at a Grand Prix. Uh, the first week of a format, I am fire. Uh, specifically in limited, I'm really good because I've been playing a lot of arena and stuff, and I really understand everything, and I've got it going on. I totally get, I totally understand what to do. And then, like two weeks later, when everybody catches up, they're just like, you know what? Like, we know your tricks, we know what you're trying to do. Everybody has this information now. Uh, there's no edge, you know. The edge for that deck was that it was an unknown. I guess so. Uh, I guess that has to be it. I yeah. mean, 
the first mono black deck that you get to is in 34th place. And it's literally, it's like mono black. It has like all the cards from, uh, from mono black helm, except to cut the helms and cut the beseeches. And is just playing like this mid range deck with like a bunch of discards. So it's not even, it's and, not even the, uh, it's not the Tony's Capone special, not, huh? It's not, no, there, it's not, uh, mono black it, it storm, is 10 swamp four wasteland. There is no, uh, Urza saga. It is like, <laughs> Four Thoughtsies, it still has like the reanimate Trogal of Kaza Doom grief package. Sure, like why it's not? essentially mono black scam is like really where it's at. But it's on Dothy Voidwalker, four opposition agent, four Orcish Bowmaster, so just all of the black hate creatures. Hate, hate, hate. But yeah. But it is on and then four Plague Engineer and four Surgical Extraction in the board, three Torok Dreadcanter. There is no combo to be found here unless you consider Troll of Kaza Doom cycling itself and getting reanimated. <laughs> Uh, a, a two card Monty, yeah. But otherwise, this this deck is yeah. It's it's it is not anything like the the combo two card Monty deck of old. Uh, and otherwise, beyond that, like there is no mono. Like there is just no helm anywhere in the top fifty. Shout out to uh, our, our our friend Frenders Cloud who got forty eighth on Band Infect. Heck yeah, he's he's, yeah. he's the lone Infect player around. Yeah, man. Uh, also, so- Cephalid Breakfast. I'll take the over. I'll, I'll give you over under on top forty. Top forty, uh, two. Was it was the, was there a breakfast pilot in fortieth or better? Yes, there was one pilot. No, no, there was not. I, should, I mean, you're asking this question. I should know that the answer is no. Yeah, yeah, you can tell that. I'm asking, <laughs> was he thirty fourth? The process. Fortieth is such a weird number for you to ask me too. <laughs> I, I, I will say, I will say that in, in 25th place there was a four X Beseech Storm combo deck. Uh, so that is the only one. Uh, it came in 25th. It was playing a hero on the board to pitch to Force of Vigors. Okay. Uh, in the after, yeah, yeah, which is you know cool. But the first breakfast deck at Prague was in 51st place. Otherwise, I mean, if yeah, I'm I look, just if you were to go all the way down through like the top seventy-five, top hundred decks here, I mean, it is just dictated yeah. by Days Wasteland. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm not surprised. I mean, it, it is the it is the best deck in the format. It's certainly the most represented. We knew we knew that. You, you look. You always have to have a good a good Delver matchup. Or what are you even doing? Um, okay, Zach, hmm. give me a number. When do you think the first Mono Black Helm deck actually does show up? What place? What's the highest placing for Mono Black Helm that is actually playing Leyline of the Void in the main, Helm of Obedience uh, in the main? What number does it show up at? 86. That's actually not a bad guess. In 73rd place. Okay. I'm sorry, 76th place. 76th place, um, there was a pilot who went 7-3. and three. All right. Um, you know, You know, Phil, I'm... This is interesting, but you know, actually, what I'm kind of more interested in, I think, will give us a better idea. It'll be interesting, actually, if it does give us a better idea, um, is the Buffalo Chicken Dip, because it takes place in the U.S., right? Um, but it's pro- it is a proxy tournament. So you have those two, like, weird, you know, like, one's in Europe, so who knows, you know, if that translates over to, to the U.S. Um, and then we have one in the U.S. It's a pretty big event. Um but because it's a, pro- a proxy-friendly tournament, and obviously Eternal Weekend is not proxy-friendly, um, will which one of these will be the the closer to the to the other? You know, like that's what I'm kind of wondering. Which one will be more indicative of what Legacy looks like in America? 
I still think it will be closer to EW. Yeah. Only because because it's specifically not a proxy event, but it's also one of the biggest legacy events of the year yeah. that people will like take a lot of time to prepare for. I would imagine that it will be more so of the players who have the cards who are experienced with those cards. Yeah, uh, I mean, will, also is, the Buffalo, you know, not to not to smush on Buffalo chicken dip, but 49 players versus what, like 900 players, 700 players? It was 700 plus players. I mean, but that's yeah. also just like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think like, if if you were to take like if you were to zoom in, I'm I, I would imagine that the the it might be similar, but you might have like the, the larger the sample size becomes, right? The more that you sift down the the top decks further and further and further. Yeah. So like there, if you were to do a smaller tournament at Buffalo Chicken Dip, it would I would expect there to be probably more more outliers. Uh, if right? anything, more more well, not just more outliers. I was I, yeah, I guess so. I would expect there to be more variety. Right, I would expect the the format at a smaller sample size to look healthier, whereas at a larger sample size, I think we get what we're seeing uh, with these results, which is what even though real. there's a smattering of decks throughout, it's it's pretty much like dominated between like blue red splash green Delver and Grixis Delver, and those those two decks are ninety five percent the same cards, and they have th- like that deck is the one uh, that I should say that shell has is really what dictated this one so like if 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 anybody is like me and they're looking at these results and going okay what do i have to skew towards i would be thinking okay i really need to find i need to ensure that my delver matchup on the on the draw like in the worst possible circumstance i have to assume that i still have a a game against them i'm gonna have to take a game on the draw against them right uh at some point uh, across uh, across an event because at these numbers on a, a really large uh, event of you know 11-ish rounds i would expect that you have the odds of you're going to run into those delver variants what three times three three sounds about correct yeah right Give, uh, on average every player is going to run into delver three times and by delver i mean days wasteland so it's like if in like because not only are you going to run into grixis delver versus days wasteland you're going to run, run into now rug delver which has a win so people are going to be looking at that more seriously as a deck to play that's Days Wasteland. Mm-hmm. Rakdos Scam is Days Wasteland. Like you, you, you are going to run up against the shell of Days Wasteland. The majority of your matchups, right? On, yeah. uh, on average, like if you're just taking, if you're like, I'm going to have an even spread, you're going to be playing against Days Wasteland more than any other shell, given the look of this event. So if you don't have a good, like, solid plan, uh, specifically, like how am I? What is my exact plan main board? on the play and the draw what's my plan post board on the play and the draw and your mapping of that sideboard against exactly the day's wasteland decks and the variety within them. Like you have to have a plan for each one, because even though they're, they're, they're going to cheese you on day's wasteland, but like the way that you have to combat scam is not necessarily the same that you combat rug, right. Or, or blue red because scam doesn't have Delvers. Right. So like, as an example, if I'm a Bant Beanstalk player and I have my prismatic endings, yeah, prismatic ending is fine against uh, blue, red, and Grixis because I need some amount of density at one drop removal spells to deal with fast uh, multiple threat openings between DRC and Delver. Yeah. But I don't want prismatic endings against Scam because the cheapest threat they have is Orcus Bowmaster, and that thing has already done uh, you know all the damage that it's going to do and left the body behind that I don't want to trade two mana for. Correct. Right. So it's like. Okay, against Scam, I'm boarding out my Prismatic Endings, but I'm leaving them in against Grixis. Like, you got to have the plan against both, even though both have the same option of being able to Dace Wasteland cheese you. Yeah. You know? I mean, 
I'm, you know, the more we talk about, it, the more I think uh, playing playing a deck like Maverick might be the might be the smart move. It's right? possible that like this, like it, it's possible that like this might position those decks a little bit better. Like if you are the like mid range stuff that Bolt is good against. Yeah. Like that's not uh, like uh, particularly if you have a way to close the door. Like there isn't that much Naya depths anywhere, but I don't know if that's because it didn't do well or if it, because it wasn't represented because it's nowhere in the top twenty five. I think the first one is was an Obson Depths deck. Uh, I'm looking for it right now because I, I do recall seeing uh, Depths somewhere uh, at the higher end. Control F. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's probably Control F for Depths. All right, let's see. Yeah, Depths in 17th place. And it was just green. It was, well, let me double check. They say they list it as green white, but I'm going to make sure that it actually is. Yeah, for Savannah. And that's it, yeah. And it's a very, it's very classic uh, depths. Although it is playing for Legolas's quick reflexes, sick. Which you know, I mean, Legolas's quick reflexes is kind of cool when you have like, okay, I'll I'll tap my reclaimer, uh, kill your guy, get a land, uh, and then you have uh, same thing with Knight of the Reliquary. And then it also is you can slow roll your like depth is not turbo depths, right? Like usually you get in positions where when you go for it, you could go for it, but knowing that you're, when you do go for it, if you just played around the wasteland, that once the merit lage hits the table, you know that it is Can't going to be, be protected. Yeah. Because the Legolas is quick reflex, because you know is going to stop whatever they have on the back end. Yeah. So you have a way more protected kill in that regard. Uh, I mean, honestly, like it might be a coming out party for Celestia depths uh, in, um, in Pittsburgh. Uh, I will say, though, one thing that I'm noticing here is that it is a 61-card main board is what I'm seeing here. 61-card <laughs> main board, Zach. Three Mox Diamond, two Sylvan Library, oh 61 God. cards. How do you feel about it? How do you feel about 61 cards in your four Legolas's Quick Reflexes, four Swords to Plowshares, three Mox Diamond, two Sylvan Library, dot deck, Only Zach. in Goblins, how, bro. Only in how Goblins. How do you feel about it? Uh, <laughs> Dude, Mostly because I just base... don't respect Goblins players to begin with. So if you want to play 61 cards, you're really not dropping any in my, Here's, <laughs> in my in fact, eyes. I'm trying... We just had our whole Thanksgiving thankful opening. Yep. So I'm going to try and turn over a leaf here because, you know, a younger Phil, a past force of Phil would have been like 61 cards. This is blasphemous. <laughs> This is a joke. I'm thinking about sleeping up three, how three do we, ponders. How do we take any of this seriously? Literally cut a card at random, right? You're, 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 I get that the deck is four Elvish Reclaimer, four Knight of the Reliquary, four Green Sensing, and four Crop Protection. Just so cut a knight. I, I understand you are 16 tutors for your combo. But New Phil is going to look at this in a whole new light. Okay, Zach, you are tasked with having to build the 61-card special. How do, you, how do you get yourself mentally to a place to do so? How, how do you come around? How do I you mean, go, the you answer know what is I need? simple. I need... It's, the same, it's the exact same reason that Onrog plays Yorion Beanstalk is because there's just too many good options and you just want to play all the cards. That is the correct answer. That's the answer. That is how you arrive at this spot. There are too many good so cards, you, and you just don't want to don't want to be forced to make a decision. So you play sixty one so like or eighty cards. In, in your mind, you're like, "There's no way I'm cutting the third Yavamaya to get down to sixty. There's just I can't do it." Yeah, that is that you're is like, in my mind. That's how I mean. That's how 
Like, dude, I, I would consistently play 100-plus cards in my EDH decks if that was legal in that format. It's just not. Bro, I mean, you, it looks like <laughs> you, you can start a whole new community format here of 100, 101 Dalmatians, the format. Yeah. 101 <laughs> Automations. 101 Grand Calcutrons. You can have it. <laughs> All right, Zach, I, I think that like the thing that we have learned from this layout is if you are not prepared to deal with Days Wasteland, you will not win uh, EW. If you are not prepared for the initiative to uh, enter the game, you will not win EW. If you do not have a plan for lands in general between uh, 12 posts and Urza Saga and Depths, you will not win EW. Uh, if you were going to skimp anywhere, it seems as though Painter and 8Cast had arguably the worst weekend they've had since Urza Saga came out at a major Legacy event. Yep. So if that's indicative, if you were playing your third Meltdown... Take out your you Meltdown, boys. Maybe, maybe you just save yourself some space <laughs> there. Uh, also, whatever respect you had for Beseech... Maybe you don't need to respect yeah, Beseech as much. You can probably, because, you can probably uh, just play Beseech, the same card you were playing against Storm and do just fine it, against oh, that deck. That's the problem with Beseech is that like you can beat it with Fluster Storm and all the other cards that you probably had in your sideboard anyhow. Dude, of all of the cards that came out that like shook up the format from the last couple of sets between Lord of the Rings and Eldraine, the one that got them a lot of hype, Beseech got so much hype out the gate, and rightly so, it then won the first major tournament it was legal in, Right out the gates, just one of our know, better videos validating. this year was me talking about Beseech the Mirror, you know, for like and, five, eight minutes straight and validating all of that. And now it's just like, okay, either people have figured that out or there is not enough representation for that to matter. Like, I was advocating for ways to move over to, like, you know, you have to be able to combat, combat Dark Ritual Beseech and Five Color. And then figure out like the day's wasteland in the middle, like that. We had a whole episode where I ranted about that, yeah. and I was like, "You get." And, and and in the context of when we came out with that episode, I stand by everything that I said. And I was like, "I'm playing two fucking mind break trap on top of all the blue shit because Beseech just condenses how many resources they need to kill you to so much fewer than what they used to." And that's still true. But if Beseech isn't going to show up, okay, well, you need more space to deal with what apparently is going to be a lot of days wasteland. Yeah. And if you are not prepared, and if you got to find some space, so maybe that maybe this is the home. Maybe this is where it's at. Maybe uh, the real the real uh, result of this is uh, Days Wasteland is as always and forever the head honcho of the format, and you need a plan. A cast you may not need to respect as much. Besiege the mirror you may not need to be respect as much. But you sure as hell need to be able to respect Bo uh, Orcish Bowmasters. And you sure as hell need to be uh, respecting Grief. Because Grief showed up in Rakdos Scam. Yep. Demir Scam. Mono Black Scam. Like, the reanimate troll package. If, you don't have, if, you, if, if somebody can thought seize your threat and reanimate it against you and kill you with it, consider that. Uh, and then, yeah, be able to deal with the initiative entering the game. Yeah. Um... My final, final thought is, do I need to do a video on uh, the new staples format, Seek the Beast slash Questing Druid? Comment Seems below. Like you do, Zach. Comment below. And, and it, 
And as, <laughs> as, as, our, as our resident Rug Delver player, uh, I think that only you can speak to why this, uh, you know, the, the, the same way that I arc at the four color control decks as being garbage piles that I hate and I want the elegance of miracles. Yeah. You get to do the yeah, same with is, Seek the Beast this, and how you it long It feels for, very much like the same vibe, yeah. You long for your Nimble Mongoose, Zach, and instead you just got this red card parading as a green card. Yep. All right. Well, uh, again, everyone, thank you for watching. Uh, thank you again to all of our patrons, the Dirtle Maniacs. Uh, if you'd like to subscribe to the podcast, uh, you can do that either in a link below that says join. Uh, you can go to uh, patreon.com slash eternal dirtles. Uh, you can just support the cast by using Moxfield. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's that's it for us this week. Uh, thanks for watching and uh, catch you then. Here is a list, a playlist of our interviews. You can check those out. They're excellent. And uh, you're going to learn a lot and you're going to meet a lot of the great people that help this community grow. Thanks so much for watching. Have a great one. Bye.